I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. The droids are clean, the vaporizers are patched, and the speeders fueled. It's time to pick up some blue milk and power converters. You're listening to Toshi Station Radio, brought to you by the Majestic Giraffe Network. Now here are your hosts for the Snarkist Podcast in Star Wars and Geek Culture, Brian and Nancy. On the shores of the Great Chot Flats, you're listening to Tashi Station Radio, the bright center in the universe for all things Star Wars and geek culture. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hello! On today's episode, we're talking about the new Rogue One trailer! Woo! We're about to get started, so sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show. Before we go too much further, we are joined tonight by Coop and Jay from 1138. Hello! 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 <laughs> You talked over each other already. Okay, voice do. voice identification, Coop. Hi, I'm Coop. Jay. The Empire is victorious on all fronts. Okay, yeah, you're not going to have any trouble recognizing who's who. <laughs> Plus, we've had them on the show before. Yes, we have. And tune in Sunday as Jay plays Percival again. I'm sorry, not Sunday. Saturday, Saturday. <laughs> at 6 p.m. Eastern as Jay plays Percival on Of Dice and Droids. He might have a sweet cape. He might have a sweet cape. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Uh, note from our sponsors, Tashi Station Radio is brought to you in part by you, our awesome Patreon subscribers. Click the link on Tashi-Station.net for more details and learn how you can support the show and get access to some cool insider content. And we're also brought to you in part by Her Universe. Fill out your world with Star Wars, Star Trek, Marvel, Transformers, Doctor Who, and other fandom-inspired wardrobe and jewelry. Click the link on our blog to purchase awesome geek gear and keep the lights running on the podcast. Okay, Fixer's Flash, Nancy, what have you been up to? I read our April book club pick in two days because I really, really liked it. Okay, if you can describe the April book club pick in one word, what would it be? Gay. Excellent. <laughs> it, it is. And I, and I say that in the, in the literal sense of the word. And, you know, all the, all the people who are angry about Aftermath's agenda should read Carry On to find out what an actual agenda is like. Uh, and it's also kind of fanficy, which I also liked. It's fanficy in the best of ways. It is. It started out as uh, fan fiction for a fake story in another of her books. And she liked the character so much she decided to uh, write a new book about it. So yeah, it's really good. You should read it. Carry On by Rainbow Roll. And I also read Poe Dameron number one because the reason, the way you get me to read a comic is to put Poe Dameron and X-Wings in it. And I loved it. Pretty straightforward, simple. It was amazing. It's great. Yes, I also read Poe Dameron number one and I liked it very much. Yes. Also been playing through Mass Effect again and I dragged a half dozen people in with me. <laughs> Good job. Sorry, internet. <laughs> uh, other than that, not a whole lot. Hey, Jay. Jay. Yes. <laughs> what have you been up to? Well, I've been up to a lot of Star Wars lately, which is really, really weird. I know. Uh, I was on Rogue Podron yesterday, which will be, uh, they'll put, be putting the episode up on uh, Friday or Saturday, and so are Nancy and Brian, so you'll get to hear all of us again. But we're... And, yeah, the episode's going up late because we made Danny edit because we <laughs> misbehaved. So you'll be hearing our past selves in the future, which will be very appropriate. <laughs> um, but this time I we're going to get the site name right. Yeah, 
Yeah. He didn't. Thanks. He didn't. I, I, I forgot what side <laughs> I wrote for. It was amazing. My URL was great. Uh, I also read Rogue Pro uh, uh, Dameron, which is amazing. Um, I've been rereading the X-Ring books, which are amazing. And I've been reading the new Adventures in Wild Space middle grade books because I love Star Wars middle grade novels and so should you. Yay. And Coop, what have you been up to? Uh, well, I also read Poe because, of course, I did. Uh, I bought TFA on Tuesday night and I actually haven't watched it yet. I was going to watch it tonight and then these people asked me to be on their podcast, so I'm doing that instead. Sorry. Oh, and yeah. So between, between waiting for the waiting for the Blu-ray and then still waiting a couple of days, I'm probably the last person to actually watch it at home. Oh, yeah, Brian. I guess we, we did watch, watch Force Awakens. Oh, yeah. We watched Force Awakens in the documentary. <laughs> yeah, we watched that this weekend. That documentary we, is so good. we bought the digital version so we could watch yeah, it. Fun fact. Tonight we were originally going to talk about the documentary. Yep. <laughs> And then, and then, and then uh, we got Rogue One stuff. Yep. See, ro- see, we're we're always on the new hotness. <laughs> we have no attention spans. <laughs> Ooh, look, a shiny thing. What? <laughs> uh, so what is new on the blog, Nancy? Uh, we have a live chat uh, reactions for Twilight of the Apprentice. If you would like to see Brian, me, and Bria descending into uh, key smashing caps lock flailing uh you could read that uh bria also wrote about kanan's future uh in an aptly titled article called vision of the future uh we got a review for poe dameron number one and uh i think we would we could all review that and just say go buy it it's great and also tales from a galaxy far far away aliens volume one which is a very long book title and Finally, we posted episode one of the book club. I was joined by Megan from the Western Reaches podcast, and we talked about March's pick ancillary justice. And I it was very fun. I liked talking about the books, and I am looking forward to the rest of the book club picks. I had to remind myself that I can only do one book club podcast a month because... <laughs> I can't read that fast. But yeah, and next month's pick will be Bloodline because it's a book by a female author with a female main character. So I figured it fit the book club parameters. Works for us. Yep. Because we're women are taking over Star Wars, if you hadn't heard. With our with their feminist agenda. Yep. How dare you. <laughs> uh, Deeks, Dirt, News from Around, Fandom, and Force for Change is back. Yes. Nancy enjoyed this video. <laughs> this was the best video so glad that mark hamill is all in on the whole like making fun of himself in the force awakens (laughs) if you haven't seen it him and kathy kennedy him staring at the camera uh and you can win a trip to skellig michael if you uh donate so you should donate because that's really cool and also related luke skywalker finally won this is madness yay took too long I'm very excited about it. Too long. I looked back at those and wasn't there a year that he wasn't even in it or am I yeah. crazy? Well, I think so. I think last year it was like a plan and he lost to Ahsoka. So oh. last year he didn't even like get in the main bracket. And this okay, year I forgot about the plan thing. I guess that's yeah. it. See, all he needed to do is stare intensely at the camera for everyone to fall in love with him again. Yay. I can gush about him for a while, so you want to move on now, Brian. I don't know. I'm tempted to let you keep going. (laughs) 
I liked Mark Hamill's tweet today about the trailer. Pretty sure I have no lines in this yes. one either. <laughs> I know. Uh, Self-deprecating Mark Hamill is the best Mark Hamill. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. We all know that Mark Hamill, that Luke Skywalker is the hooded villain in this movie like he was in the other one, right? <laughs> shut up. He's reprising his role of, Ke- of uh, Darth Bane. No, shut up. I, w- I, w- I would be okay with that, actually, because <laughs> he was he was really good at no, that. No, it's totally Ezra. Oh, God. Actually, no. if they had Mark Hamill play a completely helmeted character and just use his voice, I would totally be behind that. I, I, I would, you know, I'd be down with that. He could get away with it. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be too obvious. Yeah. And it's time for Big's bullshit Star Wars film news. Uh, there was a lot of dancing on the set of The Force Awakens. <laughs> yes. Which means I'm going to have to go buy the Target Blu-ray. Yes. It, it it was very, very fun. Uh, there's rebel pilots dancing, which is the best, and the, the whitest dude ever dancing. <laughs> that guy is my spirit animal. The, the guy who looks a little like a uh, dude who played uh, Red Leader in A New yeah, Hope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my fa- On pose left. My yeah. best part was someone thinking that they were Justin Snap. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> like, No. 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 Uh Kanata or Ryan Johnson uh Tumblr Tumblr Tumbled. 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 Tumblr Ed. Uh a photo of some mocap work featuring Maz Kanata in episode eight. Yay! I mean, we already knew she was going to be in episode eight. Um, but you know, nice to see that Ryan will actually show us one still yeah. every eight months. I, th- I, th- I think this is going to be a lot different than episode seven. I think they're going to be a lot more open about things, which, but not like too much, but I can see like, you know, Ryan Johnson keep posting stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's Ryan Johnson's fault that a lot of people were complaining about. We hadn't seen anything from Rogue One because people were saying, well, they're already, they just started filming eight. We already see more, have seen more of eight. Yeah. Right. But I mean, if you look, if you look at it, the, the first TFA teaser was like a special thing and the next teaser didn't come out until celebration, which was a year ago next week. So actually we're getting like the full length teaser earlier than we did last. Oh my God. Has it? Yeah. I wonder what they're going to do with celebration. celebration. What? It's really been a year since celebration has. April 16th. It started. So beware Facebook uh, on this day posts to make you sad Uh soon. (laughs) <laughs> not looking forward to that. <laughs> Hate that feature. I started tweeting that week. Uh, yes, you did. We taught you how to use Twitter. <laughs> oh After God. I dragged him here. I know, right? So it's my fault. So it's our fault. It is. It's all yeah, our fault. Pretty much. Uh, well. Sorry, Twitter. <laughs> so now that we've seen the teaser already, we, we, we've still got May the 4th and we've still got Celebration. What are they mm-hmm. going to do with those two days? Um, I imagine Celebration might be another, like, behind-the-scenes video, because it's around oh, yeah. the same time as Comic-Con. And May the 4th, nothing special. It'll just be stupid things, no. because it's a stupid made-up no, holiday. No, May- they had, um, the Vanity Fair. I'm with Fair. you, but they, they do use it. They I, ha- they do I th- know, I just want to pretend they're not going to do anything, because it really is a stupid made-up holiday. Oh. But we get yeah. sales on things. No, but they, but they did do the Vanity Fair things last year. Well, why can't we do that on May 25th then? Brian, I don't care as long as we get cool pictures of Star Wars. We can't do May 25th the same reason everybody was making many Bothans died jokes today. Yeah. Certain certain things don't get through to the mainstream. It's okay, Brian. We will always have May 25th. 
because we celebrate Star Wars Day on the right day and get married on the right yes. Star Wars Day. Exactly. Can we uh, talk again about Bothans dying? No. Not until yes. Wrong why? podcast. Yeah. Wrong podcast and wrong move. Wrong movie, and we're not at that segment yet. You know, I'm now totally picturing Percival <laughs> as being totally racist against Bothans. I can do that if you want. <laughs> uh, uh, it's awesome. Uh, Mark Hamill's been doing a lot of night shoots at yes. Pinewood while Carrie was there too. See, if we had less, you know, if we didn't have anything else to talk about, I could do an entire segment on just this speculation. And I'm kind of sad we do have something to talk about because I could just mute my line and take a nap. I could do it later at another podcast. <laughs> but yeah, Mark Hamill's been tweeting a lot from Pinewood and he's been doing all these night shoots lately. And the other day, he tweeted a picture of his dog with Carrie's dog, meaning they're on the set together. So I'm hoping that they are filming the hopefully inevitable Luke and Leia reunion. I'll be happy. Yay. Yay. There's a Did lot we suppose of- that, that photo of him and, and Lupita and Oscar Isaac? from the set no the, i think that's, that's like an airport yeah that's an old yeah. one i think well, that, was that a coincidence they were together or was it something tfa related i think it was tfa related i think it was during i think the, that was uh, press junk at time. i think that was the uh, same day they the, the the boy band picture right uh <laughs> it was a great picture but um but yeah i i am i'm trying not to get my hopes up because i know he was on the set a bunch last time <laughs> to throw people <laughs> off but like He's got to be in the movie more than he was last time. <laughs> and if he's actually filming at Pinewood, like, I'm thinking he's gone elsewhere. You know, if they didn't rec- just recreate the Skelligs up there, I'm, I'm assuming he's filming on their, you know, the Resistance base yeah. or wherever. Hopefully. I, think I could swear I heard that they did have to recreate it somewhat because they couldn't, they could only do so I much. I know they did. Asia. Yeah, they did. But I'm, I don't know if. I mean, if, if like Carrie and other people are there at the time, I, I doubt that that's what they're filming it for. So. I mean, I assume he has, he's got a little house on that island. Yeah. <laughs> he lives in a little yurt. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, he lives in a house that's Yoda sized because that's the only way he knows how. Aww. He holds his knees up to his chest. <laughs> okay, Ray, time for your training. Put on this backpack. <laughs> what? Okay, Cammy's concerns and the discussion topic this week, obviously, the Rogue One teaser trailer, which dropped surprisingly this week. Yeah, we found out yesterday night that we were getting it this morning. and I I mean, I thought my night wasn't going to get any better than going to Chipotle, but there we were. Yeah. It hasn't even been 24 hours yet, has it? I know. I'm really glad that they did that and kept it a secret, and... It's funny because of all the like talk about are we gonna get a trailer at celebration? Are we gonna get, when are we gonna get the Force Awakens trailer? And like no one had been talking about it or like speculating that it was coming. Well, I love that we were all waiting for the Blu-ray to come out and the marketing of our TFA to yeah. end, and they're just like, Okay, here you go. <laughs> I know. It was Whoa. quite literal. <laughs> It's like they're staring at the second hand on the clock. It's like, okay, it's out, it's out, it's out. go, go, go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I'm really happy to see like all of the Star Wars VIPs on Twitter like supporting all the other Star Wars stuff that's coming on. Yeah. Like Ryan Johnson was like, way to go. And then like Dave Filoni was like, this movie looks great. 
This movie looks great. I can't wait to uh, use some of it in Rebels next season. <laughs> well, that's a terrible Dave Filoni impersonation. That's all I had. <laughs> the only impersonation I can do is George Lucas. Yes, you can. Personally, I would have. Uh, <laughs> I, I would have shot on a soundstage. Oh. I want to look into the history of the Rogue One hashtag and find the last person to complain about how there was no Rogue One advertising before they announced the trailer. Right. <laughs> someone out there. There's someone who was like, "Why aren't they showing us anything from this movie?" And then a minute later, that. <laughs> You, Star Wars fan twenty one twenty one, you are the last person to complain about marketing. Congratulations! Uh, yeah, like I did it. They listened to me. Uh, good, good on you, buddy. You did. You did it for us. Yeah. Uh, so initial impressions. You know, I'm really excited to see Wraith Squadron. I mean, Rogue One on the big screen. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much my initial impression too. Is like, oh, there's a misfit girl, and she's not you know, fit for military duty and they have a special mission for her and there's all different types of people in the group and oh, at the end she's undercover, theoretically. What does this sound like? Race Squadron. Race Squadron. Yeah. Oh, we were supposed to answer that? No. <laughs> that was rhetorical. Well, it yeah, was, that was rhetorical, yeah. Jay. Was, was there, I forget, was there a, a, a Wraith who was a ex-con specifically like that? Uh, was Caster ex- an ex-con? Caston? Caston. No. Caston no. was dumb. Caston <laughs> no. was awful. I always pictured him as Vince Carthizer in my mind just because oh, I him on ew. so much. Ew. Gross. I don't think, I don't know if there's anyone like specifically that was. An yeah, not ex-con. an actual ex-con. There was like a, a, a shoplifter or someone who was scrub, scrubbed out of the squadron like immediately, but that was it. Yeah, but um, yeah, I definitely race squadron. Jay, what about you? Uh, the Empire's back, guys. The Empire <laughs> is back. The Empire is back. You don't know how exciting this is for me. Like, I finally have a Star Wars movie where I can root for someone. <laughs> I haven't had this since before I was born. This is incredible. <laughs> so, does the Empire strike back? Is that the the Empire? Struck the Empire struck. Back. Did you see that cape? I, I, it was a strut. <laughs> <laughs> that was an excellent cake. Uh, it's hard to strut in ankle deep water. It is, but he peeled it off. He worked it. He did it. He pulled it <laughs> off. Uh, Coop, what about you? Uh, Mothma. <laughs> that's, that's a good reaction. I was very, I was thrilled about that because my April Fool's thing just a week ago was I, a novel about Mon Mothma. It was very topical. It's perfect. Yeah. Obviously, you have insider sources. <laughs> that that means you'll be hit up soon to uh, assist with um, getting sort of the Jedi <laughs> on the books. Oh, right, of course. Yeah, I have. I do have a lot of friends at Lucasfilm. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I one thing I saw that I thought was kind of interesting was that even though everyone is all excited about this movie has like no Jedi, no Sith, no force users. Yay. They use the force theme in it. And I'm wondering why they did that and not the main star Wars theme. I think that that theme is better for that. kind yeah. of Yeah. Like just sort of trailer. needed something in a little more of a minor key. Yeah. For I mean, trailer. it worked. Yeah, it worked really fits well. Better. And I, it's a trailer. So, I mean, th- there's no reason it's final music either. No, also, no. Did anybody confirm if that was Alexander Desplat? Uh, I don't think or it, if that was just one of those trailer. I think artists? it's one of those trailer artists because that's what they use for TFA, too. So 
Um, I, I like that the, the, the fourth theme comes back at the very end and it's got sort yeah. of like more of a driving, like a beat to it. I kind of hope that is something related to the movie. Yeah. I also uh, saw someone say that they hope that the original Imperial theme from A New Hope gets used, which would be very mm-hmm. cool because I actually really like that that theme and I think it would work well for this type of movie rather than the whole like the 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 march because it's a little more subtle and intimidating well, you know they'd hopefully have to make it into more of a theme because it's really just a, a cue that sort of gets repeated every so often right yeah so. it's like bum, 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 bada, 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 yeah i wonder sure. whether it's going to be more like the clone wars where someone wants to make their own stamp on star wars music or whether it's going to be more like rebels where they sort of work with the milieu that's already there which is ironic because it's the same guy <laughs> But yeah, I yeah I don't I am interested for the music. But yeah, I assume that's I wonder if that's a directorial thing or if they if Lucasfilm yeah. is we want it to be like this. Yeah, because it's got a big hurdle to climb as far as what is even does this count as a Star Wars movie? Right, because we have the whole war theme, so maybe they won't use. I mean, would they dare not use the orchestral music again? I don't like what kind of music would they use? Oh, they have to. Well, I, it'll be orchestral. I'm sure. Yeah, I don't think they're ever going astray far away from orchestral music. Um, I mean, who knows what Chris Miller and Phil Lord do, will do. Yeah. For all we know, they're going to go hire the, uh, crap, what's Adam, Andy Samberg's band? I don't oh, know. Lonely, Lonely Island? Island. <laughs> yeah. Lonely Island's going to score the entire Han Solo oh, movie. God. I'm all there for that. I'm calling it now. I think the Han Solo movie, they're going to bring back uh, Max Rebo. <laughs> I'm down. I'm oh, down. all source music. That would be incredible. Yeah. Oh, okay. So go, let's break down the trailer. So we start out with Felicity Jones being led into a rebel base. Uh, and my initial question was, are they, I, I was wondering, did they ever confirm they were on Yavin? Because I know it, and I got so many people like explaining to me, it looks like Yavin. I'm like, yes, I know it looks like Yavin. I want to know, is it confirmed? Because... Everyone thought it was Jakku too, or it was Tatooine, and it was Jakku. Could so. have been that uh, rebel base that had been abandoned for some time. <laughs> well, for some time, how much it depends on how much how early the movie is taking place. Yeah, that could have been a year. I mean, it definitely looks Yavinish. If yeah, I mean, but so does Dakar in the Force Awakens. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, I mean, there's only so many biomes you can go with. <laughs> yeah. I think I think uh, Anthony Bresnikin's thing this morning said Yavin, but I don't know. You can 100 percent go by that. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it is. And if it is, they did a great job. I wouldn't be surprised if it was another base, too, because they want to do something different. And I know EW's part speculation, part official, because some of the stuff we'll discuss later, I'm not sure of their conclusions yet. So, yeah. Well, I don't think he's ever. Has he ever said something in that context and then it ended up not being right? Um, like he seems like he comes in after new things like this. and he There, there were some things I remember from TFA that weren't. But mostly, mostly everything is. Yeah, when Anthony does speculate, it's not. He'll he'll say so. Yeah, he'll clearly preface, and he doesn't. He doesn't go very far out on the limb. to speculate. Yeah, and he's he was the one who knew Jane Urso's spelling first. Yeah, 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 and that's her name. So uh, we can we can say you know 
Not, we can stop calling her Felicity Jones. Thank she, God. She's Jin Ursa, which is like the only character we know their name so far. <laughs> and didn't he also say that the movie title is supposed to refer to her specifically? Yeah. Too? Yeah. yeah. It's not something you would just say out of, out, of, out of a whim if you didn't know. Yeah. yeah. So apparently uh, Rogue One is her call sign, which cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which just makes me think that she all the more convinced that she dies and they name the squadron after her. Mm. Mm, I, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we, Brian and I were actually talking about this earlier, but like, cause she is let into the base and she's in handcuffs and they're like basically le- listing off, you know, charges against her. So my question was, is she like a prisoner of the rebels? Like, is she, is she a rebel soldier and she's like under military arrest for insubordination or something? Or is she just someone they plucked off the street and was like, Hey, we need people like you. I think they broke her out of jail. Mm. I think they're just, they're just listing the things that she had been arrested for. But so was she a rebel beforehand or did they just? No. Well, I mean that she says you're, this is a rebellion, right? I rebel. I think that's Yeah. Yeah. I think it implies she's definitely not a a rebel before. See, I had the opposite read on that. I I thought she was enlisted with the rebels, but was frequently in trouble and got herself thrown into the brig. Yeah. It's possible. There's nothing that says no. Yeah. Yeah, that, I that's definitely very interesting, and I I like that they gave you uh, some background of who she is, but we're still questioning like where she comes from and all of that. And I mean, she says that she's been on her own since fifteen, which suggests that she hasn't been part of a major organization. Yeah, and it and it's, although she could be a part of a more disparate rebel cell. Yeah, she could be another. Re- yeah, that's true. We might not have a whole alliance unification yet at this point she could have been working well, for another cell and which all basically died out and she's the only one left well they said on, on on rebels recon last week that we will be seeing the rebel alliance in rogue one and in future seasons of rebels so yeah it's definitely the alliance i think at this part yeah it's it's yeah. no I, w- when we see mon mothma that's definitely the alliance there yeah. i'm just wondering if maybe she had she was not very long ago oh yeah oh i see i could yeah. see been that. in a more disparate rebel cell yeah and is now soaked into she could have been a part of something like like a more extremist one, like Teller and those guys in the Tarkin novel who yeah, were sort yeah. of mm. crazy. Right, and now, and now they're not used to this whole rebel organization who has rules and, you know, more military yeah. kind of bearing. Yeah. Which would be a really interesting way to go with uh, with that. Yeah. Or she's a deep cover ISB agent. <laughs> I'll just say it. There, I said it. It could be. Could be. But I hope not. I hope so. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah, that would, that would make him like her more. Yeah. Mm. She's no longer a delinquent. She's a hero. Speaking of people that you love, Jay, then we got to see Mon Mothma. Ah, uh, <laughs> So we have a friend who has her has the pulse on every single rumor fan site mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. How did this one not get out? Yeah, I had I didn't hear anything about this, which is kind of crazy. And then even when she shows up, nobody for sure was Genevieve O'Reilly. Yeah, which it is. Uh, so it's it's the actress who portrayed her in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, most of her scenes were cut, but she is in that first scene when they arrive back on Coruscant. Um, 
and I thought it was super cool that they used the same actress. <laughs> and I could, film playing the long game. I know. I can just imagine the reaction she got when her agent was like, so, um, <laughs> remember when you did Star Wars and they cut you out? This time they promised not to cut well. you out. <laughs> yeah. And what's awesome is the time gap works almost perfectly. Oh, too. Yeah. Like maybe a yeah. year or two off here, whatever the timing is. But it's it's 11 years since Revenge of the Sith. So that's pretty, yeah. you know, 19, you know, pretty 13 close. Year, well, 13 years since they filmed it. So in yeah. terms of her aging. Hey, you know what else, what else also works well with the time gap? <laughs> Bail Organa? Yeah. Yeah. I am really hoping that they bring him in. And since they have Mon Mothma in the trailer, obviously they needed her to set up what the movie was about. I am kind of hoping that he is in the movie and they don't tell us until the movie. Yeah, he would be a good surprise. That would be, a, he would be a harder one to hide too because he's a more, yeah. uh, more visible actor. I know, but that would be awesome if they could pull it off. I feel like they don't need him for much. They can no. sneak him in and out of a set anywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if especially if it's like sort of the end deal where he's like he gets the plans and yeah. then sends him off to Leia or whatever. Although yeah, I, I, I think they'll definitely give him a cameo. But I had a thought a while ago about what if for, I don't know why what spurred this in my head, but what if the part of the part that my Mothma play plays was originally written to be Bale and he didn't want to do that much of a role? Mm, it could be. I, I, it's like a lot. It seems I don't know why, but for something for some reason, it feels more like that would be something because he's already tied to the plans in the original movie. Right. Yeah. Like or, it's, it's more logical that he would be the one sending them on the mission. Or they could have just wanted to have another female character in the movie. Or that. And Which, disappointed Mon Mothma so much better than disappointed Bail Organa. I know that look. Is, that look on her face is the best. That that <laughs> is going to be such a useful. Picture GIF, to use yeah. a useful GIF, useful GIF, GIF. GIF. <laughs> they already, they've already GIFed it on on TFN and and captioned it with typical Jello. So whenever I post anything about the Empire, they're just posting that at me. It's so yeah. frustrating. <laughs> frustrating. I think That's that amazing. I like to think that that look of disappointment is the look she gave Thane after he puked on her. <laughs> yes. Thank you for reminding me of that. That was one of the most pleasant parts of the whole book. <laughs> So there's another rebel officer, and I know they've said who plays him, but I forget his name. Um, and he he's a new character, no one we've seen before. Um, and my theory is because the way they're talking to her, and they're very he's very kind of like, oh, you you're very scummy, or you know, you're you you, you believe me. <laughs> I get the feeling he's an imperial defector. I just got a very Maydine vibe out of him. Do we mean Diego Luna or the other, the no, older no, officer? The, uh, the other officer. The other The older officer. one. Okay. Yeah, the older. The There's one. a second where I thought that might have been Fade and Willard, but they look very different. Mm-hmm. And the outfit's different. Yeah, but I, I, I thought, I think that would be kind of neat if, because I, they haven't really delved into this idea in canon yet of Imperial defectors. And they had, I mean, they have to have had a bunch of them because they... Why, Nancy, it's funny please, you say that because we just checked out my article last week on Imperial Defectors on 1138.com. <laughs> it just happened to have just happened. Uh, yeah, I want to say that I did that on purpose, but I didn't. <laughs> well, I was asked about it yesterday and I completely forgot. They're like, what did you write? Like, I don't know. I should have just said the Empire. It's always the Empire. <laughs> it is always the Empire. 
Um, no, it's it's interesting to just say like, oh, maybe that guy is a defector because most of them are probably defectors of one kind or another. Like Mon Mothma well, is yeah. a defector, and I have the yeah. pilots probably went to the academy. Yeah, especially the experience. That should be the like that should be the rule more than the exception. It should. I hope. Uh, yeah, I hope we see a lot more of them. Like, I mean, or or they could be retired Clone Wars veterans. You know, Republic types too. Yeah, yeah. I I would really like to see more like fa- more people like Thane and like, especially the high ranking people. Because like I liked that idea with Maydeen in the originals, um, and then the other guy we see is Diego Luna, who is, seems like he is kind of like the, I don't know, maybe the I don't know if he's the leader of the mission, but probably definitely like the more established person on the team. He's the guy who'll say, "I'm too old for this shit." Yeah. I'm a week from retirement. He's not old though. <laughs> So I don't know if that works, but yeah, I'm glad to see him. Um, are we are we gonna do the thing, Coop? We're gonna do the thing. Are you gonna do the thing? What we're doing a thing about Diego Luna? Who's oh, playing? Oh, Coop? fine. I don't. Okay, let me say for the record, I tweeted this thing when the that <laughs> cast photo first came out. I tweeted a picture of Diego Luna and Biggs, and I just said it couldn't be. Tell me it can't be, and that's still going strong <laughs> nine months later. I, I really don't think he's Biggs. I think it would be fascinating if they did that for a lot of reasons, for diversity reasons and other things. But I don't really believe it's the case. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm living in fear of the day we find out that character's name. And then a billion people will be like, see, idiot told you. You should preemptively delete that tweet now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I get attention from it. I like attention. We've also I've also seen people asking if he's a Dameron, which I don't think so. No. Not everyone anybody, has to be related. Yeah. Has anybody asked if he's if uh, Forrest Whitaker is Finn's dad yet? Uh, no. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. They yeah. will tonight. Plus the whole plus like it, him being Kestameron wouldn't work if the whole like time frame that Greg Rucka came up with is you know is what they decided on because apparently his parents didn't join up until after. Uh, also, I'm Adam sorry, Kirk. Diego Luna, you're no Kess Dameron. He <laughs> is, and Kess, yeah, I'm sorry. He's a good looking guy, but he's not Kess Dameron. <laughs> oh. Uh, and then we get our best line of the trailer, which uh, I know is going to rue Jay's day for a while. And it's a, this is a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel. <laughs> Oh Just my god, it. Mon Mothma's expression. <laughs> People are going to repeat that line forever and it's going to make me cringe. It's great. What are you talking about? That's what it's we're It's a wonderful the- line. That's why they're going to keep repeating it. That's why we that's what we're naming the podcast tonight. <laughs> I rebel. Or we, just the whole the whole station just rename it I rebel. I we rebel. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder if is House Organa working on a t-shirt of that right now? Um probably. I'll have to tweet them and ask. But yeah, that's it's that's it's such a great exchange. And I love, you know, I know that the Bechtel test isn't the perfect measure of diversity, but the fact that we've had two Star Wars trailers in a row that have passed the Bechtel test is really kind of insane when you consider prior to The Force Awakens, only one Star Wars movie passed the Bechtel test for like five seconds in Attack of the Clones when Padme and her handmaiden had a conversation. And that Revenge of the Sith had no women other than Padme talking. So 
Yeah. Along with all its other problems, but we don't need to go there. Yeah. Yeah, no. We we shan't go so, there. So, I, I mean, and I was very worried that Felicity Jones is going to be Smurfette, and honestly, it still kind of looks like she is Smurfette, because there really weren't other, a lot of other women in the yeah, movie. Yeah, I mean, for all we know, my mouth is in there for five minutes. Yeah. But the yeah. fact that... There are random female rebels in the original Rebellion now, which we didn't have in 1977. Which A+. Yes. There is... Um, the, the person leading her it through the hangar is a woman. I, I, I picked that out in the one of the times I rewatched it. And I'm hoping that more the Stormtroopers, that we get more uh, female voices in there, too. Um, and, you know, just people in the background, you know... You know, I do, I do wish that more of the main cast that we had were women. Um, and which is kind of funny because everyone's like, oh, women are taking over Star Wars. It's like, yeah, but we really only got two women in this movie still. So shut up. Well, this, if this is the diversity complaining part, I'll point out that there's basically no aliens. And I assume yeah. some of that they'll probably work on that in post and make maybe add yeah, a CG character here and there. But. They're probably still working on getting that added to the film. Yeah. And I am wondering, like, if... If part of it is because, oh, we didn't see aliens and women at the Avon base, so they're trying to make it more like it, but not. So. Well, yeah, I mean, that's not well, even entirely a bad way to look at it, but there can be there could have been aliens in Yavin that just don't look. And, and I think they're fixing really that, too, because even even the, the Star Wars comics, the, the Leia series, which was right after New Hope when they were evacuating Yavin, they, they had a bunch of aliens and women there because they realized, OK, it's not 1977 anymore. So I don't think the movie has that problem either. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a. Uh, Especially with, uh, I remember when they said that Alan Tudyk was be, was motion capture. A lot of us assumed he would, he would be an alien, but now that we he apparently is a droid, so that's mm -hmm. there's basically no aliens in the movie that we're aware of. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how it turns out, and I think, I I mean, I think it would be it's a good reminder that you know when we talk about diversity, you know. Because something doesn't have a lot of diversity doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. And because stuff with a lot of diversity does isn't necessarily good. You know, it's just you point things out so that they will improve later on. That's and it. also, I think, so, I think something like the Bechdel is good just because it makes you conscious of it. It yeah. doesn't, you can fail it and pass it. You can get a good diversity score or a bad diversity yeah, score. It, but it, the Bechdel, it makes, makes you thinking about it. Yeah. The Bechdel test is, um, the Bechdel test is more of a bar. measure of uh, whether or not someone could even be bothered to put yeah. in the barest minimum yeah. effort. And honestly, it's about interesting characters. People always say, why, well, I care about story. I don't care about, you know, diversity. Well, honestly, diversity is story. Like, look at look at Jin and look at Mon Mothma. These are two women with completely different personalities. That makes it interesting. You have characters with different personalities. That's all we want with diversity, really. Mm -hmm. And, okay, look at Donnie Yen mm -hmm. with that bow staff. Yeah. Uh, that's... A character we haven't seen in Star Wars before, um, both looks wise, and and uh, character wise, and that kind of diversity made the trailer itself just the trailer cooler. Mm -hmm. Unless he's Kanan. No. 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 <laughs> well, maybe. Oh, he's Kanan. You better die. <laughs> <laughs> no. They uh, said no Jedi. Yeah, I remember, like, they that, said no Jedi. That is awesome, but someone could come out. And say, well, oh, sure, the the Asian guy is the martial artist. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all 
how it all actually plays out. I hate cu- jumping to conclusions based on the trailer, but although know, I mean, if you're hiring Donnie really Yen for a movie, though, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, we mentioned Alan Tudyk, and you know, I think he—that's him in several of the shots, which I didn't notice the first time until like I saw a still picture and someone like circled it. Okay, my hope is that Alan Tudyk is playing a droid. A, a droid familiar that's half as psychotic as Mr. Bones. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I want him to be I five. I five is the is the the pinnacle wacky droid in my opinion. <laughs> I want him to have that exact tone. Yeah. He got I, drunk. He figured out how to adjust his circuit so he could get drunk. It will that be is the droid I want in a movie. <laughs> it will be interesting because they, you know. We've we have BBA and everyone loves BBA and they're like yes you need you need awesome droids in Star Wars so like having another droid but that is you know the a a that has a speaking part androids maybe. need diversity too they can't all be cute and or prissy like a psychotic droid in a Star Wars movie is well needed yeah like yeah. Chopper <laughs> exactly oh my god Chopper <laughs> um and then Didn't someone Nancy was it you or someone's mentioned though they got to have Chopper in the background of the Rebel base. Uh, no, I, someone, people were saying that cause you know, they were taking him to London and I pointed out a celebration, celebration. in London yeah. <laughs> well, while, while he's there, but they already filmed the movie. They were done. ILM. <laughs> and they usually have more than one droid model. So I'm pretty sure if they were going to use chopper, they'd just make one. Yeah. I mean, I would be, it would be pretty cool. Like to have a droid like chopper. Not I mean, that's, that's a cool thing about. Chopper. They could put they could put him in the background exactly the way he looks. And if for some reason something happened to Chopper in the show, it would just, just be another model. droid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do it. <laughs> All right. Um, who wants to talk about the Death Star? That was one of those sharp inhale oh moments. That like, whole shot too. It's like ooh, Star Destroyer. Ooh, whoa. <laughs> that was. It was a very good. Um, inversion of the you know the the original a new hope scene of you know the and also the introduction of the executor too it's kind of like yes yeah Yeah, exactly yeah it's and i just love that the star destroyer like everyone's noticed and commented how it looks like an old ilm model like in a new hope not just appearance wise because they're using the same star destroyer type but like it has this physicalness to it this looks beautiful yeah it, it looks it looks tangible it it doesn't it doesn't look like it's this computer model that's put on the foreground of the screen. Yeah, I haven't seen a Star Destroyer look this good since the original Star Tours, which was the last time they used that model, you know, in in a in a video thing. Uh, I wonder about that though, because people, I mean, people say a lot of the complaints that you hear about CGI is just because you think you know what you can you can tell. You immediately what's what CGI and so you I mean it's probably CG it, it's just probably CG that meant to, that's made to look like yeah. a model well it's definitely oh. CG but I'm saying the fact that I think part of the way it looked it looks it looked I had the same reaction but I wonder if part of that is just because we grew up looking at that model and so we intuitively see that and think of a model whereas we look at the finalizer and we've never we've never seen a physical object of the finalizer yeah, before you know I, I wonder if part of that is if Lucasfilm and Industrial Light and Magic maybe going with an approach to CG that steps back on the realism just slightly so it steps us away from Uncanny Valley. 
Well, it's like how Disney did with Tangled, right? When they were first doing their first CG Disney movie, animated feature, they didn't want it to go all the way Toy Story style, so they kind of mixed the palette between animation and CG. So I wonder if uh, Lucasfilm is doing the same thing with the movies as well. Yeah, we're going to do CG, but let's make this look a little more like a model. Yeah, But not, but not in The Force Awakens? Because I don't because the final editor doesn't look, doesn't look like a model at all. I don't think. Mm-hmm. That's true, um, but it does. Look, it, I mean, they did still go hardcore on the, and this might just be CG improving on the the tangibilityness. Like you know, the Falcon, aside from a few scenes, looks pretty solid, well, even I, though we know it's CG. Yeah. I think it's actually two separate approaches for each film, um, because if you're watching the trailer, the Rogue One trailer as a whole, it has this very. 1970s, 1980s shot on celluloid film vibe throughout it from and everything from the sets to the costumes uh, to the hair and makeup to uh, the ship, the uh, CG ship designs. It looks like it's intentionally trying to plop itself in that time period, which I mean, which it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, was, I know a lot of people have said that, you know, they think, um, you know, that that The Force Awakens is too much like the original trilogy. But I always, I just thought it looked like 30 years later. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what I always thought it was. Yeah, and now we're back in time to the original yeah. trilogy. Yeah. So I mean, obviously it was inspired by the original trilogy, but it definitely looked like something that was, you know, 30 years later, at least in my opinion. Yeah, cleaner lines. Uh, it's kind of like looking at a car or at a car model yeah. over the course of 30 years. Yeah, the X-Wings look, you know, I know they're based on Macquarie designs, but they definitely look sleeker and they, more futuristic. They look sleeker, more streamlined, where the T-65s in the original trilogy looked like they were pieced together out of parts they found. Yeah, yeah exposed engine parts. They look like hot-rotted almost. Yeah. So something interesting, I um, I just Googled Genevieve O'Reilly because I wanted to see what else she was in. Um, and she was born in 1977, huh. <laughs> which is kind of neat. More you know. Yeah. Huh. Good year to be born. <laughs> um, so, Coop, you and I were talking about this shot, and we couldn't figure out if it was just a weird angle thing. Or just I'm a, actually look. I'm looking at the GIF right now. Yeah, or just a non-finished, uh, non-finished shot yet. But boy, that super laser emitter looks like it's too big to be recessed into the Death Star, like we're accustomed to seeing in A New Hope. I'm watching it. I'm watching it over and over again. I think there's a there's the whole like the whole the gap where the emitter goes is smaller than the width of the thing. But there's a little there's like a lip around the body of the of the dust star that sort of it looks like it's recessed a little bit. So I think it it's bigger than the the actual hole that's there, but there's a little recessed thing for it to sink into. Yeah, I, I'm wondering like. if that might be a not yet finished shot where they'll get everything scaled differently by the time it's in theaters. Insert into tab and pop in. <laughs> <laughs> that actually honestly like after having seen the dust star in under under construction in, in Return of the Jedi, that kind of is is weird to me that there would be like these giant components sliding into place, place all at once. Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't seem like that's how the other one. Yeah, you think done. they'd have like cranes or like something just like building across it. Yeah, it looks a lot more modular than I was expecting. Yeah, 
<laughs> but it's it's, it's like definitely... IKEA furniture. <laughs> That's why it took 19 years. <laughs> Couldn't parse the freaking hier- hieroglyphics. But that's why I said on Twitter that it's not actually being installed. That's just how people get in. That's like the really big front door. <laughs> <laughs> they forgot to install hangers. So after that, we get a shot of rebel troopers and pilots running out of the hangar. And I was wondering, are the pilots part of their group? Or is it like, you know, their pilots going off on part of the mission and uh, Jin and the rest of the team are going somewhere else? Um, I would I think it would be cool to have like pilots and ground soldiers working together on the same mission. Wraith Squadron. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it looks that shot looks like it's only her and Diego Luna. Yeah. Well, so I wonder, no, if, I wonder if it's a biggest. No, because there's other other guys in yeah. soldiers behind them. Yeah, they no, they had um on the right. You can see uh, what's his name. I, I think there was there were some people from the 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 cast photo. I I uh. thought I saw in that shot, but I could be wrong. Um. I figured they're just launching some kind of larger operation and the pilots are part of it, but they're not necessarily in the group. Yeah. Like they're just, they're basically, I just want to be, I just want to see X-Wing. Rebel spaceships striking from a hidden base. Yeah. I, I, I need to see pilots and X-Wings and I, I, I guarantee there's going to be dogfights in this movie. Everybody says, Oh, it's not a road clutter movie anymore, but they're not going to have the you, space battle stuff ready to show in a trailer a year out. Like you don't, you don't do an actual Star Wars war movie set right before A New Hope without having some kind of space battle in it. You don't call it Rogue One <laughs> and not have I'm sorry, like maybe it's not what we thought. It's not Top Gun in space like people thought a year ago, but it's going to have X-Wing combat. It's going to be close enough that there's a clear line between this and Rogue Squadron. I'm still convinced yeah. of that. I'm hoping that all the love for Poe and stuff in TFA will eventually get us the Top Gun in Space movie. <laughs> or a new X-Wing video game. It's been long enough. Yeah, video games. I just hope that one of the pilots is like a character that we follow. Um, and so we have some sort of like POV person. And it's not just. Yeah, I mean, people. not everyone has to be related to someone else out of the main cast, but it's totally cool to drop a Red Squadron pilot. Yeah, or even, I mean, it doesn't even have to be someone we already know. It's just, just like someone. I, I want whoever we follow in the dogfighting to be someone that we've seen in the movie, and not like because originally you know how like Poe was supposed to die, and I wonder how the hell would they have done that? Because then who's going to lead the attack on Starkiller Base? So you imagine like Poe dies and some random person is leading the attack and you're like, well, I have no emotional connection to this. And that's what I worry is like, we'll see a space battle, but like, I, I still want to know who, who the people are. I'm, it's still important to me. <laughs> I need to be connected to my pilots. Okay. Garvin Dryson. Garvin, Dryce, and Dutch Vandar prove their worth. I'd be okay with that. I would be okay with that. I mean, we could have, you know, if they really want to throw me a bone, can have some uh, Wes Jansen. I'll be Clivian. Ah, that would be awesome. Biggs. Then you can have Biggs. <laughs> well, they're both they're both OT characters. Empire Strikes Back, you never know. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to keep Hobby's Randacliptic backstory. 
yeah, entirely. We but, well, Hobby, Hobby defected with what? With Biggs. Oh, right. With they defected Biggs, before. Yeah. yeah. Yavin. Yeah. Right, right. Tycho so, defected we, after. Leave Melbert ran the clip to Cologne. Yeah. Tycho, yeah, so. Tycho defected after. Hobby, or Wes was already there. Yeah, was he was the Tierfon Yellow Aces or yes. whatever. Yes. So the the, ran, the Rand ecliptic can stay. Yes. Yeah, okay. I mean, that could be part of this movie. <laughs> um so then we've also we have the awesome Grand Admiral slash ISB agent slash guy with awesome cape. <laughs> oh my gosh, this guy. This was the, obviously the most exciting shot in the whole thing for me. I'm stunned. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I that's Wish one dapper uniform. It. it is. I know. So, so the ranking signia. Let's break it down. Ranking signia. <laughs> Fleet it's, admiral. This is the, like the jet nozzle. Yes. Like Piet nozzle in Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Outfit. So the white tunic makes you think of a grand admiral, but the black pants make you think of the ISB officers we saw in A New Hope. Okay. He has no epaulets. So does that mean anything? Well, they could be hiding under the cape. You can't That's tell. True. I mean, it's it's kind of flush with his shoulders, though, so probably not. Have we seen any Imperial officers with sweet capes before? Uh, Thrawn wore a cape. Another Grand Admiral wore a cape. So the Grand Admirals have been known to wear capes in canon and then other random characters. I've never seen an ISB officer wear a cape. All right. So if we're going to hedge our bets, what do we think he is? It's really hard because, like, the the admiral insignia so makes it, and the the white shirt makes it so grand admiral. But in the ISB, we know we have rebels, we have a new hope, we have apparently a hint from Stephen Stanton that it's a character we saw in Tarkin, which would also lead towards ISB, I should think. Um, Is it impossible that admiral could be an ISB rank? It is not because we notice, uh, you know, Callus has a commander's rank insignia. We have Major Beck in the uh, Han Solo. Uh, I thought it was Commander Force. Beck. Was it Commander or Major? The I don't commander. remember. Okay, we have Commander Beck in the Han Solo mm-hmm. short. And then we also have Colonel Wolf Ularin in A New Hope. And this could be Ularin. They might change his rank, but I, I doubt it's him. I thought it was that's Admiral. Nice. There's no way that's Ularin. I thought it he was, was. He was Admiral in the Clone Wars. And then in A New Hope, he's an ISB colonel for some reason. That's Although, weird. then again, we have to remember Star Wars has always played fast and loose with their ranking system. Yeah. Yeah, I see. I have no reason to think there couldn't be an admiral rank within the ISB. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, my guess is the ISB ranking signia is just to show who they can order around in the regular military before it gets awkward. Yeah. Who is what is Callus? Does he have a, a rank like that? So he's as a, he's commander yeah. now, isn't he? Yeah, his new. So they never say it in the show, but like one of the guides, I believe, says that his new rank insignia in season two is commander. Okay. How did he get a promotion? Yeah. <laughs> Right? He always fails at every... It's the sideburns that has yeah. to be. But it's interesting because, it, you know, in um, in Rebels, he's got the the gray outfit. And Brian, can you reach back and hand me the um, smuggler's run in the bookshelf? I'm, I'm, th- I'm just questioning what... Because I know there's a... a I think she was black in that illustration, back. but I'm not sure. Oh, no. She's wearing all white. Mm. Yeah. All white, so pants too. Yep, all white. Interesting. In the uh, in the back. Interesting. So yeah. he could be ISB. I've got another theory that I that I like. Um, essentially, that Tarkin has delegated him to handle the military operations side. Then he screws up. The plans get stolen, and he gets Vader, and then Tarkin just assumes all command. 
And that would be the likeliest scenario if he's an if he's an admiral and not ISB. Yeah. Whereas if he's ISB, he's obviously you know trying to protect the plans. But why? How would they know that in advance? Right. That's the, it's like it, they would have to pre-know the heist or something. Yeah. I I I mean I'd really be okay with whatever because I either way it's something we haven't seen in a movie before. You know, either it's if whether it's a you know. An, ISB or Grand Admiral. So I'd be cool with either. And frankly, he looks cool either way. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are there there are some options that are cooler than others. People who said he was ISB and they connected to Tarkin noted that Armand Essard is the director of ISB and Tarkin. Listen, uh, I can't deal with that. I know, that would be too good. And that would just be too good. And it he would. doesn't have the hair streak, but there are a couple of other <laughs> random characters, some guy named Ison and, and you know, some other folks, but uh, Isard would be the best. But yeah. it's probably not Isard. I mean, it could be just, you know, Isard and name, and, you know. Right. They they, they they just give him the name and then he's a different guy than we're used to, which, is, which would honestly still be of cool. Character. Well, what do we know about yeah. his personality other than hair streak? Nothing. And we don't even know that. He, I don't think they ever described his hair streak in Tarkin, did they? I don't think so. I think they just literally just name dropped him there and left it. So, so all, all we know is that there was a guy with that name. Yeah, who's in charge of ISP. That's it. Jay, you have to describe the thing that you were talking to uh, Schwartz and the other guys about before about Callus and him. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Uh, I don't want to take credit for it. <laughs> no, what was I? So something about okay, yeah, yeah. Callus is looking into Geonosis now. We know that. Right. So we know that in Rebels there are some hints about kyber crystals and they're being used in the Death Star super laser and now we know that Callus in his Empire episode uh, is experiencing doubts about what happened to Geonosis where did all the Geonosians go and he's sort of worried about genocide but he's not looking too much into it so what if this ties into Rebels and this is when Callus discovers that there's this Death Star under construction and he's the one that tells the Rebels about it perhaps or something you know or he gets disillusioned I mean there, there are a myriad of different ways where this could tie into Rebels and ISB I could see him in season three. I could see him working his way up the command chain, and he actually meets this guy. Being this guy, if this guy is the head of ISB or one of the leaders of ISB, he eventually meets him, and that's a way of cameo of the character early in the show without having to cross contemporaneously and with the movie. That's yeah, how we actually we were introduced to this character like a week or a month before the movie comes out. And I just hope I just hope he's interesting and unique. Like we've seen a Tarkin type of villain, we've seen crazy like Cox. I want another interesting imperial villain, someone more sort of refined, almost Thrawn like. I mean, if he's going to look like vaguely Thrawnish with the uniform, I want to see that kind of classy imperial villain. And the cape does kind of hint towards yeah. that, maybe. Maybe it, I'm being too hopeful. Yeah, I, 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 I hope so too that we see someone who's more like I don't want to say classy, but classy. <laughs> Just, like like just someone who was very cold and calculating and like is ruthless, you know, and just someone who you look at and you're like, ah, holy crap, need to run away. And it's like it's kind of like, I you know, I liked I really liked Commander Beck from Smuggler's Run and thought that she was the, you know, the best antagonist out of all of those, you know, middle grade books because she was kind of that way, like cold and calculating, you know, and just like I, I, I sometimes I feel like villains who don't talk a lot are scarier. So 
And some of the, the Grand Admiral speculation was leading towards Aftermath, because we know there's a fleet admiral in mm -hmm. Aftermath and a Grant who's now described as a Grand Admiral in the Life Debt excerpt. So if he's the same guy, we know he loves humming classical Old Republic <laughs> music. So who knows? Maybe well, who he's doesn't? the same guy. I don't. I, mean, I know. I, I totally would. I don't think it's the same guy. As uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure this guy's though. dead by the end yeah. of the movie. I mean, probably. I mean, Vader, either Vader or Tar. I mean, probably Vader is going to off him for losing the plans. Is yeah. my guess. Yeah. Oh, I well, I just I just realized what I was thinking is like someone who is very much like the Grand Inquisitor, but without the Force. Is kind of what I what I hope he's like. Yeah, and without stupid spinny yeah. crap. Well, yeah, that goes without the force thing. Can't believe they canonized a raffle copter. <laughs> <laughs> canonized a raffle um, copter. But right. I mean, isn't that the the perfect way to get a Vader cameo in here, though? It is having right. him off this dude. Mm -hmm. Well, here I have a theory. That shot of him, he's on the he's on the overbridge of the Death Star, and he's got his gun out. But mm -hmm. if he fails, this is the end of the movie. He fails and he shoots himself rather than Faith Vader. Damn. Wow. I mean, that's that would be very good. much that on would, the bridge. That would be in, uh, Inquisitor like because he did the same thing. Yeah. yeah, that would be kind of neat. It's the equivalent of like you have to fall on your sword now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so. It's either that or they infiltrate all the way to the bridge, which is nuts. Yeah. So he is awesome and he's got a sweet cape and. We wonder how many of them he has because he's walking around the beach with them. <laughs> it is so cool. That's such a cool shot, though. It, it is. is. It's so cool. Um, we get some shots of Forrest Whitaker and him saying things like, what will you do when they catch you? Who <laughs> <laughs> And I keep repeating those over and over. So I, the rumors I've heard is that he's a bounty hunter, but I don't see how that works here in the trailer but well if it's like if the if the team is like an ocean's 11 sort of group it could be someone that she knows from her criminal past that she needs to bring in true he yeah it'd be interesting to see because they show he's in two very different places in the trailer because he's like on the ground and then later on he looks like he's in a ship so and he's very good at monologuing yes <laughs> yeah what would um so then they show uh, there's a lot of stuff in this one like desert planet type of thing, but it more like urban-y type desert. Um, and then they one of the scene that the little teaser that they showed us yesterday of the shadow trooper or whatever it is um, looks like the same place. And there's uh, stormtroopers that have uh, rebel pilots in custody. So I've seen people speculating those are the same pilots we see earlier on running out of the hangar. Um, have they gotten captured? Are they in trouble? Is this part of the op that they're supposed to like go undercover and or infiltrate? Um, not really sure. I like the undercover and infiltrating idea, though, a lot. I feel like it's way too easy to just slip on a stormtrooper outfit and fit in and, and infiltrate. Yeah. Like, I hope I don't want to see that. Well, no, no, I rebel rebels. I'll get all, all out. Yeah. It's, it's show, but. No, I, I didn't. I didn't mean that the, the team is in the stormtrooper outfits. I meant like they they deliberately got captured oh, to in order to get inside wherever it is. Um, I don't know. Um, and then 
they was the shots of what looks like a transit station. Uh, I mean, it looks like the subway, really. But all, all day there were people all around the all around the planet posting photos of their train stations. Yes, um, Brian, you had an interesting theory about where they are. I think that might be Death Star Transit. You want to talk in the mm. microphone this time? I think that might be Death Star Transit. <laughs> you always yell at me, so I'm yelling at you. That was a really, I like that idea a lot. Because, That's a good point. Because you have to, I mean, you can't just walk around the Death Star, you know? It's huge. It's it's planet-sized. And there's definitely like a subway kind of thing on the right there. Yeah. 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 Opening doors to all B gates. Opening doors to all B gates. Ooh, maybe like they go. Maybe shuttle. they go to the bar from the Death Star novel. Oh gosh, no! Mind the gap. Mind the gap. But yeah, that's definitely uh, Jin. It looks like Diego Luna in that shot, and the the droid guy following yeah. around. I want to know what the droid's name is. Damn it! Um, Wash. The droid's name is Wash. No. I would I would be okay with that. And then we've yep. we've got it uh, gets a piece of Durasteel through the Brian! chest. <laughs> oh. Too, Too soon. soon. Uh oh god, is he gonna die? He's is the totally droid gonna, gonna get die. blown apart? Damn it. The droid could be the one thing that survives. It, it's true. It's memory core showing the tri- triumphant sacrifice ah. of Rogue One. Yeah. What if they just killed off every character in the cast? You know, like the main cast. Obviously, like you can't kill Mon Mothma. I'm you know. not putting that outside of the realm of possibility was it, for this movie. Coop, was it you who had the idea of how the movie would end? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a, I've actually, this has been like a headcanon thing that I've had for a long time. The idea of who else was in the cells where Robert Lulea was being held. Mm-hmm. So imagine if she, if she gets captured at the end of the movie and she's in a cell. Because I remember it made me think of Plagueis where we all assumed that Darth Plagueis, the novel, would end before The Phantom Menace. Yeah. Started and then it turned out that he was actually alive while that was going on. Yeah. So I'm thinking, what if the movie, what if this actually doesn't end at the end at the beginning of a new hope and it overlaps a little bit, and she ends up in one of those cells and she's being interrogated by by the ISB guy or somebody and and then in the middle of that, that's when it gets blown up. That was. And, and and Nicole, I think, was saying, well, what if what if she we see her in there and we hear the sounds of Leia being broken out outside and we and she doesn't know what's going on but we know it's them rescuing her. Or, they th- or she thinks they're there for her. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Ow. Yeah. But basically, basically, the idea is that she's in there getting, like, having a trash talk session with somebody, and he goes, "Oh, your stupid rebellion is never going to amount to anything. We're going to destroy you all." And then, boom. And then she smiles, and then. Yep. Bam. That's that's a scene that I've wanted to see in some form for a very long time. That would be kind of cool. Um. So we've. Get the shots of Donnie Yen kicking Stormtrooper ass. So cool. And um, the there's a Star Destroyer, or not Star Destroyer. <laughs> that would be interesting. This isn't and the Force Unleashed. Well, Force Awakens. Uh, there is a X-Wing that is in the background of the shot, which I didn't notice the first time until someone pointed it out. So I'm wondering what happened there. <laughs> I need to know. It doesn't look. It know. doesn't look like one of the Yavin ones. It's got like sort of Poe's paint job, doesn't it? Yeah. Or is it just the lighting? I don't know. I can't really tell just because of the way the. Either that, or it is. spent a lot of time on fire. Yeah. Yeah. What um, if it's a C ninety five? Ooh, that would be kind of neat. I like that idea. 
Yeah. Well, it doesn't have a bottom laser. You can't see that under the wing, can you? Mm-hmm. Doesn't. It's hard to tell, but it doesn't look like it. So maybe it is a Z95. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of the the a lot of the action shots are on like a tropical beach, which is kind of cool because we haven't seen that before in Star Wars. And I am thinking that um, that's going to be the next uh, downloadable content for Battlefront. Probably, because like honestly, like they made a big fuss about not using TFA because it's too far away. But this is right next to the OT; they can totally do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and they can use all of the same uh, resource objects they have. Yeah. Same stormtroopers, same rebels, maybe different outfits for the rebels, a new yeah. hope style. That shuttle looks really cool too, that lander shuttle. It looks very much like Kylo's shuttle. A little too much like Kylo's shuttle. Maybe it is Kylo's shuttle. <laughs> it's, it's, Kylo's shuttle is one of those cut in half. <laughs> yeah, right. And then the shot of, we talked about it, Ben, the shot of uh, Ben Mendelsohn walking through the water. Um, but the cool part of that is like, I mean, obviously it's, just, it's such a cool shot, but um, like the stormtroopers are in the water, the ships are on fire. It looks like he's walking towards some sort of installation. Like, it, I mean, it almost looks like the foot of an Adat. I guess I said at it, um, <laughs> but I'm wondering, but I'm wondering like, this is like, this has to be after the battle is over and you know, he's probably not very happy about the results, which is, yeah, he looks, it looks like an angry, it's hard to tell, but it looks like an angry, oh, yeah. angry walk. If he's free to stroll around afterwards and they couldn't have lost completely. Right. True. Well, I mean, the rebels might have done like a hit and run yeah. strike on his thing and he's just yeah. like, Oh my God, look what just happened. Yeah. They're 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 more dangerous than we thought. But does he have a base? I mean, if he's if he's either ISB or an admiral, he doesn't have like a, la- a land installation, would he? Mm, I don't know. So I'm like he's he'd be there investigating, but I can't right. Like, yeah. yeah. Place. Um, and then the picture that ironically, even though I said I'm really excited that there's not four stuff in this movie, there's a shot of a hooded figure. Going up to something that looks like a tank uh, with royal guards on either side of it, which uh-huh. we know denotes Palpatine. Um, yes. So the question is, who the hell is that person? <laughs> Speculate away. And is, and is that a, is that a Sparty coating cylinder? G- yeah. Obviously I, it is. Obviously. Sure. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, it looks like some sort of freaky Bacta tank, but it's not. That's what I, I want to know. What is that? And who is that? So how scary would it be if we saw the Emperor in a Bacta diaper just saying? Jay? Jay! <laughs> Get off You would the love that. You would love it. Ew. Gross. Hey, they said this would movie be darker than the rest <laughs> of them. God. Hey, I almost, if it wasn't for the steam coming up, I would almost speculate maybe this is just some kind of weird hologram thing and it's someone talking to the emperor. Yeah. I but mean, that made the steam makes it look like it's got more of a carbon freeze chamber kind of feel to it. Yeah. I do. It I mean, it's definitely not Palpatine because Palpatine doesn't kneel. Is he kneeling? Anyone. Are we sure he kneels? I thought so. This is like a Soko a week ago. Is she closing? Absent or walking downstairs? She kneeling. I mean, it could be the person's kneeling to the person, whatever is in the tank or whatnot. I mean, it's hard to tell. But Jay, who would Palpatine kneel to? No, no. I mean, not. I would say if 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 that's the hooded person, it's not Palpatine. Then. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, no, definitely not Palpatine. I don't think it's Palpatine. It's definitely not Ben Mendelsohn. It's a totally different cape and there's no hood. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I, I mean, it would make sense to have it be Vader, but the hood doesn't make sense yeah. with Vader. Yeah. So, and I'm thinking. Well, what if that's Vader and they put the CG, the hood on just to hide that's it? That's what, yeah, so, that's what I read speculation is that they did it to just, but I don't, but I but don't. But then why show us the scene at all? Yeah, that's, it's so short. And why know? are there Imperial Guards there unless Palpatine is physically there? Well, I mean, or someone very important to him or his representative. Yeah. Ars Dangor? Yes, Ars Dangor. <laughs> the, Obviously. The very mean um, speculation I heard, I saw was Emperor's Hand, and I was like, do not. I can't. It's like the Armand Assard thing. I, I can't stop it. What if it's Mass Amida, and he's like, order, order, we <laughs> shall have order. <laughs> and then Jin says, I rebel. <laughs> <laughs> I would be really glad if I never see Masameda ever again. <laughs> he is the Grand Vizier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I'm very, very intrigued about that part. And that gets me really excited about the movie because, I mean, as much as I'm excited about all the rebel stuff too, like, you know, I don't like the Empire like Jay does, but they're very good villains. That's why Ooh, I have a thought. Yeah, I have a thought. What? What if that's like the power core for the Death Star? And that's why they're, that's why it's got support guarding it. That would be interesting. What's, what else could be important enough to warrant Imperial Guards? Huh. Yeah, that would be interesting. Seems really unsafe. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so then we've got more of um, Forrest Whitaker being wise and saying, if you continue to fight, what will you become? And then we get the money shot, which is Jin looking over her shoulder. Um, and she's wearing some sort of Imperial uniform. Um, we, I, I don't know exactly what kind it is. It looks like a TIE fighter pilot outfit, but it's... It's the Death Star Gunner. Someone it's found the Death a picture. Star Gun- okay. Yeah, people posted pictures of that. So yeah, but she's got those things on her back. Are those like batons? I, it looks like it. Yeah, they look like retractable, like batons or something. Reminds me of Mockingbird. Yeah, and then she, um, the 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 tunnel she's in. Uh, Heath posted the picture of Luke in the Cloud City, and then her in there, and it, it's I'm like, oh, it's so similar. It's it's great. Maybe she marries Luke. Shut up. <laughs> Again, hey, has, stop she- getting my hopes up, Jay. <laughs> We skipped the actual money shot, though. What was that? The ad ads. Oh, yes, yeah, that was is a, true. Yeah, the that ad was ads. a glorious shot. Yeah, well, that was that's more of the whole beach battle thingy, which that- someone pointed out. If you watch it, like they're all running, they're all doing like serpentine patterns, except for Jin is running right at it. Yep, because she's she awesome. She doesn't GAF. Nope, she's got a death wish. <laughs> but yeah, I that whole you know, what will you become thing is so cool because it very much implies like, oh, she becomes the enemy. But, you know, I'm assuming she's just undercover because, you know, and that's where the whole like race squadron idea comes about. It's so, so good. So, so good. Yeah. (laughs) In fact, the Empire could know who her history and know that she's a free agent sort of and maybe they, maybe she comes to them as herself under the, under the image of being a rebel defector. Hmm. Yeah. Or like turning him in. Yeah. Maybe she's the one that turns in the pilots. Uh, yes. 
Ah, oh, so good. So, do we have any final parting thoughts about anything about Rogue One? Jay? Um, well, one weird thing I that I forgot to mention when we were talking about Cape Guy, because of course, but when we were talking about Bresnikin earlier, uh-huh. um, Entertainment Week- Weekly speculates he's a Grand Admiral, but again, that's him speculating, I think, so. Yeah. yeah. And also noted in that uh, Riz Ahmed and Mads Mikkelsen were not in the trailer at all, um, so which is kind of like people were wondering what are they playing, and some people were wondering if Mads was the uh, cloaked guy or whatever. But could be, yeah. So Brian, last thoughts? I'm finally excited about this movie. <laughs> I think a lot of us have the same reaction. <laughs> Although I will say. I'm still more excited to get episode eight stuff eventually. <laughs> yeah. Although I really do think I'm going to love this movie to pieces. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm trying to think like we don't really get a lot of military sci-fi movies, you know, like we get Star Wars and that's pretty much it. And Definitely like, nothing that's just out there. Yeah. I mean, giant you, walkers, you know, you and- get you get like most every I mean, everything is earth based that we get. You know? Well, and even in Star Wars, that was always one part of like a giant ensemble kind of movie. Like right. this is now a fully focused war film. It's like the Battle of Endor, or the Battle of Hoth, or the Battle of Yavin in a whole movie. Yeah, like the like it's kind of like mil. It, it's a combination of like military sci-fi and space opera because there's yeah. definitely military elements to it, but you know, not everyone is fighting for the military part. So, um, it'll be really cool, and I, I'm. I really hope that this kind of sparks that genre, you know? Um, and, and same thing with The Force Awakens in general. Like, I hope we see more sci-fi movies and books, you know, that or are even, space opera and in space. Or even just in Star Wars. Like, we know we have a Han Solo spinoff coming next, but I hope that Rogue One encourages them not only to make more military sci-fi, but to take more ex- genre experiments and make the spinoff films just a chance to do something different with the Star Wars IP. Yeah, not feel wedded to the OT, not feel wedded to the original characters. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people have wondered why they did this movie first and not the Han Solo movie, but I think it was a purposeful idea, so they did break away from what you think you know about Star Wars. I wrote a thing a few months ago about how my, when they first announced the Disney sale, my, I originally saw episode seven as like the pill I had to swallow to get to this. And this was the thing I was more excited for to see the, them open up what the films could be. Mm-hmm. The best thing you can say about TFA is that I actually like, I'm excited for the episodes now. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to see the, the few people who weren't excited about TFA, at least in the few Star Wars fans I know that weren't excited, are actually super excited by this. So I'm hoping it at least captures, um, I mean, there's going to be overlap, but I hope it captures at least some segment of the fandom who thought that TFA was too safe or too by the numbers. Hopefully they'll be excited by this too. Including our own Ben Crofts, who still hasn't seen it. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> but, he's all, but he's all about the trailer. Yeah. I think it's safe to say now, though, that Lucasfilm has moved beyond the prequel era yeah yeah i and with the with the sale and the announcement of the movie new movies i was i was concerned because you know i'd i'd grown up with the eu those are the stories i knew but i was looking forward to more stories but i also didn't really know where they could go after the force awakens 
um, and still tell a, you know, compelling, satisfying story. Like that was my problem with a lot with the expanded universe that eventually became all fighting. And I was like, Oh my God. You and know. formulaic. Yeah. But, um, you know, as we got more info about force awakens, I got more and more excited about it. And then of course, like the, like, it's, it's funny because, like, I'm excited, I'm ex- really excited about Rogue One for being different, but also, like, I can't deny that Luke Skywalker being in a movie will make me like it more. <laughs> so, like, the whole, like, idea of, and plus, like, the post-Return of the Jedi era is my favorite. So, it'll be, it's really hard for me to get more excited than I am about, you know, the sequels. And I wasn't as excited about Rogue One just because we hadn't really heard anything about it. And I was kind of disappointed it was about stealing the Death Star plans and not, you know, Top Gun in space. But the trailer definitely got me very excited. And just the idea that we're going to have a Star Wars movie every year for the next several years makes me very excited. And I doubt that once they're done with Episode Nine, they're going to end up stopping. Let's be honest. They're probably already formulating the next episodic films beyond nine yeah because you can't i mean you can't get rid of it it's 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 too it's too lucrative and like you brian you and i were watching the secrets of the force awakens documentary which we're going to talk about next week on the show Uh, hopefully if they don't give us more trailers or something (laughs) but awful yeah right don't don't do that (laughs) lucasfilm please um, but w- we both were, you know, talking about Kathleen Kennedy and how great she was. And you're like, thank God, you know, George gave her the franchise. And I said, how the hell did we not realize that there were going to be no more movies after he put Kathleen Kennedy in charge of Lucasfilm? Because you don't put her in charge of a company if you're not making movies. Um, I think we were just kind of like, oh, there's never going to be any more Star Wars movies ever again. That we just completely o- over missed that clue. <laughs> we yeah, so, what year we so did they put her in charge? That we, didn't, we were so used to it that we didn't pay attention. Yeah, no. It was, yeah. It was 9P. When, it was in this movie studio. But when was pa- she put in charge? Because it was it was November 12th that it we was, did the sale. But when I was I think Kathleen? it was late it, 2011. Uh, okay. I thought it was earlier that year. Earlier 2011? No, 2012. It, may, it was either... Late 2011 or early 2012. I'm looking it up um, right now. Kathleen Kennedy. Uh, am I getting this right? She was put in place and there was a huge shakeup and some people left Lucasfilm right after that was announced. I don't know. Well, it's saying... So on her Wikipedia article, it says that she became president of Lucasfilm in 2012, but it doesn't say when she joined. Oh, yeah, in 2012, or in June 2012, she was named co-chair of Lucasfilm, a- alongside George Lucas. Which so um, was a very, months. very temporary yeah. placeholder well, seat for. Yeah, so I, it was like a it was like a transition phase, and then I guess when they announced the sale, they said, "Okay, yes. now she's in charge." Yeah, she was co-chair until the sale when she was promoted president. Shrewd move to drive up the sale price to Disney. Yes. <laughs> well, Smart. I th- I think I remember saying originally the sale wasn't really in place. Like he he brought her in because he wanted to make more movies, and then he was like, "I don't want to do them." And he said, "The only people I want to s- I I would trust to, you know, give them oh, my company." I have to is. think that the sale was in progress at that point. I don't know. I've read. 
I've read. Other I think he ones. wanted he wanted to make more movies. He never wanted to direct them, so yeah. he sort of got the ball rolling, and then he handed it off. Yeah. But like from fan point of view, we all figured he was going to retire any day now. So I think the yeah because he told just seen it's like oh he's stepping down now. Yeah, because he told Mark and Carrie at Celebration in 2012 that they were doing more movies. Still don't know how Pablo survived Celebration. <laughs> I, know. I don't know how all of them survived oh, he held Celebration. It in. Yeah. <laughs> and George did an interview, wasn't it 2012? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when, no, 2010 was when he did the interview with, um, with Stewart. Yeah, Stewart. that was Celebration but Five. He yeah. was at Celebration 2012 because he came out during the Clone Wars stuff, and he came out during the Detours. Stuff. Detours, yeah. yeah. We were at the um, we, we were, were at the, the Clone, Clone Wars, Wars panel when he came out. Yeah. God, remember when Detours was the next big thing? Right. That was right? the future of Star Wars. <laughs> oh God, I'm so you know, glad that e- never everyone, came everyone, out. <laughs> Everyone wants Thor of the Jedi, but we never hear of a brain detours faction. Like oh, I do. I do? hear people. I see people on GFN saying that sometimes. Is it anyone other than Seth Green and Matthew Singer? <laughs> I don't think they even care, man. <laughs> yeah, when that was they our... were like, hey, we don't need our show. We want more movies. Yeah. That was we're our good. glimpse we're of good. pre-New Hope layout. Oh, my God. Right. And that's oh, the we... thing I was thinking today, like, about this movie. Like, even if it's not doesn't become my favorite Star Wars thing. It's kind of like the whole idea with the books when they started coming out. And it's like, originally I thought, you know, after Last Command came out, that was going to be the end of the books. <laughs> and obviously I was wrong. And I hope, you know, I they're not going to glut like they do with books because you can't with a movie, with movies. But like, I just, I keep thinking a Star Wars movie a year. This is freaking crazy. Like, 12 year old me would not believe this and it's great like i'm like i i would glad I'm like i want to go up to 12 you know 13 year old nancy and be like hey these books you're reading night right now they're not gonna count but you get to see luke skywalker as a jedi master eventually and i'd be like whatever i, I mean the, the books the books gave us a lot of good memories we grew up with the books and you know they they kept us in between the trilogies and even after the trilogies and now that we're you know yeah done with you know the the books had their natural evolution their storylines kind of petered out now we get this fresh new start and to be to be frank i was really worried about new start you know the reboot and everything I was, yeah, they have I was more too. they have more than justified themselves like yeah. already well they they distilled what made the books work well Mm-hmm. And chucked everything that didn't work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I it was I I, I will never forget being at the aftermath. Um, you know the, the that opening night thing during Dragon Con, and, and Chuck was reading and hearing the words "New Republic" come out of his mouth. We're just kind of oh. like, oh my god! And then in TFA, when Hux yells "The New Republic," and I yeah. went. Oh my God! This is not happening. <laughs> I did not expect that. I honestly thought New Republic would be a books only thing, and to hear those words on a movie screen—oh my God! Yeah, I and I think like, I mean, I know people are excited for these movies who have never read a book, but I can't imagine being as excited as I am now if I hadn't been into the EU because I think that's why I'm excited because I know. You know, I read the books. I got excited about certain storylines and seeing, okay, what will they use in the movies? Because they're not going to, you know, you know, adapt certain storylines like they do with comics, but they are taking things and having it be sort of 
familiar. Like, you know, with the whole Kylo is kind of basically Jason. Right. And even Rogue One, everyone's been focusing. Even Pablo has been noticing the Dark Forces parallels. Yeah. Are stealing the Death Star plans. And like Jin is a female Kyle Katarn down to at least the sense of giving, you know, being a pain to Mon Mothma. So it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I said, Wraith, you know, it's it seems very Wraith Squadron. So, like, if, if they keep taking stuff, like, you know, like people are like, oh, they take stuff from the books that's not original. And I'm like, man, like, I hope they keep doing that. <laughs> and even as a fan of the, the new books, the current books, like, I wrote a thing a couple weeks ago about how this actually, having a franchise that's being led by the movies again can actually give free the books up to do bigger things because they don't have to worry about being contradicted by a movie like a book like Bloodline about Leia founding the resistance is not something that they could have done before the movies, but because we already know that because the groundwork has been laid for that, yeah. it allows them to tell bigger stories in the books. Like eventually, eventually there's going to be some kind of TV show or, or book series about the founding of Luke's Jedi Order. They're going to do something yes. with that story someday. And that's such a huge story and they're going to be able to do that because we already know, because the movies have sort of led the way. Like they wouldn't have, they couldn't have gone first with the book for that. Yeah, and and the movies are freeing for originality too because they don't have to do a Vong invasion and then a galactic civil war and then bugs and all this stuff to make this <laughs> next story seem bigger and bigger to justify sales. They can actually do more targeted, topical, creative stories because the films will always be there to drive interest. Now the books can can have more freedom. That's true. Which yeah. means now is as good a time as any to bring back an X Wing series. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, it just we did. We, pre- we pretty much That's got true. the comics, so. Thank you, Marvel. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, I, I've seen a lot of people say that they're not as interested in the books because they can't do like things like the Throne trilogy that drive the storyline. But I think it works better when you have a endpoint in, in mind and you can yeah. fill in the holes because like what is, what is the aftermath trilogy about the new throne trilogy like exactly this, that, is, that, yeah. that's the whole the whole bantam era in three books exactly yeah, it's the end of the galactic civil war you can't tell me that's not a big deal yeah and the whole and like bloodline like i i we we didn't get a book like that in the original trilogy because or we didn't get a book like that because we had to do galactic disaster well, of the week. Well, I think that nothing that dramatic could have happened. Yeah, and because we didn't, there wasn't a specific point where people found out about Vader. You know, it it just kind of happened. Yeah, it was haphazard in a random order. So in some books they already knew, in some books they didn't. And yeah, we never but saw they're, it. I mean, they're planning things now, and like the fact that we're seeing things on Rebels that came out in comics like a year ago you know, is super cool. And like Pablo teased that there are things that we've seen already that will make it into Rogue One that we haven't even known about. And like, I mean, and a perfect example, Snap Wexley. <laughs> no one knew that this, the kid from Aftermath was going to be in The Force Awakens. No yeah. one knew that. And then, and, and- yeah, go ahead. And people pointed out that the old EU did, you know, reuse characters and stuff. But a lot of that, you know, and, and they were really great about it. But a lot of that was due to one, authors being friends like Alston and Zahn and Stockpole were yeah. friends and used each other's characters. And two, a lot of it was retroactive by retcon. Like it wasn't pre-planned and they'd have to backfill references. So it's nice to have them doing this going forward and seeding ideas that you might not know are significant. Exactly like Temin Wexley, which you didn't I mean, he was a nice character, but you didn't know that he would be carrying no. throughout the story until uh you know several months after aftermath came out and the same thing i mean you your your favorite sloan 
Yeah. Who, oh my God. Who has been now she's everywhere? Yeah, she's been. And in I love books, it. Short stories. That's actually that's not even as much a story group thing as like. Didn't Chuck Wendig say that Chuck Wendig just liked her? He Anyone um he said yes. Well, no. What he I had I asked him that at Dragon Con and he said they wanted Delray wanted to use a character that they had used before and he picked Sloan. Of I guess of I don't know if they well, gave yeah, him a so list he of was, choices. He was given the instruction. We'd like you to use a character from another work, and top of his list was Sloan. Well, there you go. Which well, made that, me yeah, the fact that he had read that, the fact that he knew who Sloan was. Yeah. Is a Which made job. me very excited because, like, one of my one of my worries about the whole reboot was that it was just going to be all new characters all the time. We weren't going to get a consistent thread, but the fact that they've been using characters over and like, even just in, you know, the Poe Dameron comic, we saw uh, Lulo who was in shattered empire um, by a different author and, and Kare who was in before the awakening by a different author, the same author, but not, Charles Sewell. And Snap Wexley makes a reference to something in Aftermath that hasn't even happened yet. Exactly. Right. So we have different authors because, you know, we had authors reusing their pet characters, but now we have different authors like Gray Sloan was used by four different authors already. So it's mm-hmm. nice to see them sh- not only sharing characters, but being really consistent. Like Lulo read just like, like you know, the old Duros in Endor. Like the, and they're he being called Poe's son. <laughs> Wait, was he a Duros? I thought he was a Chiss. Oh, shut no, up. Stop <laughs> oh, I don't know how we got on an EU rant, but... Because we like the EU. Yeah. Yes, how did the, the four of us ever get into an EU? <laughs> I know, it's, it'll be a mystery. <laughs> uh, well, I guess tying it back around to Rogue One, if you could have anything from the EU, it could be stuff that we already mentioned that pops up in this movie, what would it be, Brian? Mm, oh, that's, I'll come back to you, Jay. Yeah. Ars Dangor, because we know he talks to Tarkin about the Death Star. He's in the Death Star. Pick something else. Pick something else. (laughs) Uh, A a young Wedge Antilles on a gas station. (laughs) That's what you get. I'm I'm inflicting feels on you for that. Uh, He should have already been in the Rebels now, shouldn't he? He should, yeah. I hope we see him next season. I really hope we do. Oh, Coop, what about you? What would you like to see in... Uh, I don't know about EU, but I want to see something from Rebels. I want to see the ghost or Hera or Chopper or something. Yeah. I want acknowledgement. I want acknowledgement of that story. I want to see Sabine's crest on a wall or something. I do. Lost cats. Yes. Lost cats. <laughs> yes. Something, some direct element from yeah. that series. You know, I, and I hope we get the, the same other where we get, you know, I Dave kind of basically said we were going to get stuff yeah. from Rogue One. I, I like that thread. You know, I would settle for just seeing the ghost flying into a hangar, kind of like we saw the Falcon flying into a hangar in the prequels. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that would be yeah. It's it the same cool. deal with Chopper. It could be the ghost, or it could just be that that kind of ship, mm-hmm. or like the Melu runs in the Force Awakens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I mean, like I said before, I'd love it if it was you know a Sard or just someone similar to him. I would love if they recanonized the Emperor's hands. It does not have to be Mara. Anyone, I would I would love if they did that. But I don't want to see the, the Imperial Jedi Temple. Mm. What if Jin's an undercover emperor's hand? Don't get me started. What if she's the cloaked one in the room with the guards? Mm. I would actually really like that. 
Well, she's a little short, I imagine. I, I, I mean, and and then of course there's that theory that everyone is talking about is that she's Ray's mom, which <laughs> I've read fanfic about it, and it's really good, and I don't think it's gonna happen. But you can uh, give me my fanfic. That's all I'm taking. But yeah. What if she's Hux's mom? There I said it. <laughs> Well, it's funny. What if Millicent shows up in Rogue One? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because all of the people who were talking about Ray Kenobi being Ray a Kenobi and that using the accent as proof. It's like, well, now she's got, you know, Jin's got the same accent. So obviously they have to be related, people. Use Yeah, it's so dumb. I'm searching to see if anybody on Twitter has said Ray or so. Ray or so, shut up. Yeah, someone someone did. Oh yeah, I'm not seeing it. Was it? Are you going to tweet it now? I think it was Andy, Canadian Andy. Oh, uh, of course it was. <laughs> I found I found literally one tweet. <laughs> All um, right. Well, it's been an almost an hour forty minutes. We should oh my probably God, wrap really? there. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't even the Force Awakens or like Episode Eight. Damn, we're gonna have it's to just like, a trailer. We're gonna Teaser. have to cut out three hours for when they we finally give us an episode eight trailer we didn't get this much material after the after the first episode seven teaser trailer no but the th- and the trailer after celebration but i think the problem with that was that we'd been at celebration yeah yeah <laughs> and talked about it all the time yeah. but didn't we didn't we bullshit for 20 minutes before you started recording that's uh, true no i didn't hit record until i started the <laughs> intro uh, so it's 140 minutes of the actual yeah yep nice uh, yep all right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap there. Uh, Jay, where can we find you online? Yeah, Jay, where can we find you online? <laughs> at Admiral Jello on Twitter, and I write at 1138.com. That's 11 with the hyphen spelled out. Dot com. And theforce.net, where I moderate the literature boards. Cool. <laughs> uh, well, same website as him, so I don't need to repeat that. And the Twitter handle is 1138 spelled out, no hyphens, 8 spelled A-T-E. <laughs> Which is obnoxious, so just I'm just go to know the other left. That's my personal one. <laughs> Excellent. I need more followers on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this op- episode of Tashi Station Radio has been brought to you in part by uh, Her Universe and your support on Patreon. Check out the links on the blog. Help us keep the lights on. On Twitter, you can find us with the handles Tashi underscore station. That's the official show account. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. On Facebook, we're the Tashi Station Network. We're available on the iTunes Store. Stitcher and Google Play. If you like what you hear, do leave a review. It helps us grow the show. Uh, you can find our columns and news at Tashi-Station.net. Uh, stay tuned to your feeds. we got a couple more episodes of various different programs coming up uh, this weekend. And uh, catch us next week when we're back to talk about, hopefully, the Force, the Force Awakens <laughs> documentary. So long, everyone. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by Majestic Draft Productions and is the official podcast of TashiStation.net. All Star Wars names, music, and logos are property of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Tashi Station Radio is not endorsed by Lucasfilm or any division of the company. Now go pick up some power converters. Oh, 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 oh